Hello, and welcome to the G&J Show. I'm Gerhard. And I'm Jocelyn. As married couples, we all want strong marriages and healthy families. But what can we do to be that couple and family we've always dreamed to be? Our show is dedicated to helping you improve your marriage, strengthen your family, and encourage you to live your best life. We discuss practical resources and books and have conversations with other couples to find winning strategies and methods for your marriage and family. Today, we're going to have a conversation on an idea proposed in Jennifer Fulwire's book, One Beautiful Dream, the idea of having a blue flame, and how understanding this can help you maintain your sense of personal identity in the midst of a marriage and a family. Let's dive in. Both, both you and I, Jocelyn, we've both read the book, uh, One Beautiful Dream by Jennifer Fulweiler. And in the book, there was an interesting concept that really sparked uh, a lot of good conversation for mm-hmm. both of us while we're reading the book. And the idea is the idea of having a, uh, a blue flame. How would you read the uh, sure. read from it? So this is actually, it comes up in our second chapter because it's the main running theme of the book. Um, Jennifer Fulweiler writes One Beautiful Dream. It's her dream of becoming a writer and uh, becoming a writer when she has six children within eight years. <laughs> so it's kind of a crazy, hilarious book. I totally recommend it. We both read it and laughed a lot. It, it's really good. <laughs> yeah, there's some pretty ridiculous things that happen. Anyway, it's it's fun for, especially for families who have like kids close together, which is going to be our case pretty soon we're expecting our third in three years three under three (laughs) before our fourth (laughs) wedding anniversary yeah so yeah if life all of a sudden just you know goes fast for you um have fun with it um anyway and don't lose your passions that's the so that's the theme of the book it's like there's family family becomes really intense because all of a sudden you have all these kids you don't know what to do and um uh, she talks about her blue flame so she's talking about uh, sitting in a coffee shop, writing a blog post, and how she feels. When I did this kind of work, it was as if some dormant part of me came alive. It was more than just a hobby. It felt like a way of connecting with the world the way I was meant to connect with the world. It was my theory that everyone has some kind of skill or hobby like this, like my programmer friend who had a side business making scented candles. Or my grandfather, an engineer who became a self-taught gourmet chef in retirement. Joe's friend Keith called this a blue flame. The passion that ignites a fire within you when you do it. Writing, storytelling, this was my blue flame. So that's the excerpt. Mm-hmm. It was something that really sparked with us because, I mean, we haven't, we've only been married for uh, a little over three years. Uh, we have two kids, but... Expecting our third. <laughs> expecting our third and life, life is going fast. And, um, but even within all that, like the, the craziness of family, the busyness, we both, re- we both have recognized prior to reading this book that we both have hobbies that are um, just necessary and important. Mm-hmm. And become almost more necessary with time. Yeah. Uh, like just, yeah, it's, if when we do, we find that for each of us, when we do these things, it's, um, we just become more ourselves. We become mm-hmm. more relaxed. We can become more at peace and we're happier. We're happier. It's <laughs> more pleasant to be around for each other. And there's this, I think there's a part of us that doesn't get woken up if we don't do these things. And mm-hmm. it's a gift um, to our family. So it's almost something that our family misses out on. I know um, 
I guess we'll just get right into it. Gare, what's your blue flame? Oh, okay. Um, yeah, so my, my blue flame would be uh, sports. Uh, in particular, the one that really speaks to me is cycling. Yeah, so, so, like yeah, my, so my, but both just going out for a bike ride with friends, but also the competitive element as well. For so, sure. Yeah, and I find for myself, if I don't have that uh, competitive element, like a race or a big goal to train for, I just don't push myself mm-hmm. and I need to be pushed. I need big goals to, right. to force myself to get off my ass and actually do something. <laughs> but I, like, and from my perspective, um, uh, yeah, cycling eats into our family time a little bit. It eats into our budget. Um, you know what? And I don't mind it because I see, I mean, to a certain extent, I mean, with what, within what's reasonable, but because I, I, I see you that for gear, being on his bike is what makes him feel more alive. And when he acts more alive, he's more fun to be around. He's a better dad. He's a better husband. Um, so definitely I'm willing to sacrifice. What do we do? Three evenings a week right now, mm-hmm. basically for you to train, sometimes driving out to a race on a weekend or a weekday. Yeah. It's a little scoop out of our budget every month an expensive bike <laughs> and anyway, that's yeah. behind us <laughs> but anyway they're cost attached they're little sacrifices that i make to and um to allow it to happen and you know what i'm i'm happy to do it and I, it's i'm not just saying that because um i'm trying to prove a point but no i really see the benefit not only for gare but also for me that's mm-hmm. it's obvious to me the benefit mm-hmm. and so for yourself what, what what's your blue flame yeah, I, we were talking about doing this podcast before, and I was kind of like, I don't like this term, blue flame. I think it's weird. Um, <laughs> anyway, Garrett's really a big fan of it. Um, yeah, and I, I guess before we dive in, the, the idea of a blue flame, if I remember correctly from the book, is it's that um, the blue part of a flame is the part that burns the, the hottest mm-hmm. and right. gives life to the flame itself. Right. So when we can live out of that activity or that hobby that really gives us that life it really gives life right. to everything we do like i almost want to say like yeah i don't know i have to think about it a little bit more like what gives me life i'm a bit more of an idealist like living mm-hmm. off ideas um give me a little bit of a spark but you know what that's part of my blue flame too i guess you could say quote unquote is spirituality is reading intellectual books reading philosophy um theology things like that actually give me a spark yeah and discussions around big ideas for sure yeah that's true Mm -hmm. but in my head because i'm like cleric melancholic i'm like Everybody needs that. <laughs> it's not just me. It's the way everybody should be. <laughs> uh, wrong. Um, but I, I do, okay, like if we go to really, really to the essence of things, this is philosophical. Um, I do feel like people's blue flame is like love. Like I, like I think love is ultimately a motivating factor. Um, um, so I think mm. in a sense, like that's, that's the essence of the flame. Okay, and how, how if if the idea of this essence of this flame is love, how would that love manifest itself in different pursuits? So, like for someone who's into sports, how would that change versus yeah. someone who's into more intellectual pursuits or someone? Who's yeah, I can more see creative? what you're saying. Like it kind of goes like, okay, well, love. Okay, that's the starting point. It's like you love other people, you love yourself. Let's say you love God. 
And how do how do you show that love? Or what's that unique way of showing that love? And maybe that's what the blue flame is. Mm. It's the reason why you burn. <laughs> it's like, I think everybody has a unique way of burning the flame. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's not the reason why you burn, but it's how you burn. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, because I think for, for myself in the um, done cycling for years, I uh, raced ultra marathons for four years, I think, mm-hmm. four years, five years, did triathlon for another four or five. Yeah, and when I just thinking back at all the times I've gone out for like a long run or a long bike ride mm-hmm. or a swim to me, it always seemed like it was, you hear a lot in sports, like, Oh, it's, it's a very ultimately very selfish act. Cause you go out for, mm-hmm. you might go out for a bike ride with friends, but you're often doing it for yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think there's an element of truth to that, but at the same time, I think if you're, if it is something that truly gives you life, the positive outcomes of doing that activity um far like there's a positive spillover effect that brings a net positive to the world so i don't think it's necessarily um purely a purely selfish pursuit Um, but i think when i one of the things that you mentioned before is self-love and i think if we don't love ourselves and treat ourselves Mm -hmm. well and nourish ourselves um how how can we support and nourish right. those around us if we ourselves aren't feeding ourselves and treating ourselves properly. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and it actually makes me think back to last year. I had one baby. I was expecting a second baby. Life was pretty intense. So I didn't really feel like I had time for myself and I didn't, you know, didn't have time for myself. <laughs> period um i think that was a point where our first our son ansgar was just he knew change was coming and he was acting really wild and i was just feeling kind of burnt at both ends and sorry for all these <laughs> candle references <laughs> i was burning in a bad way <laughs> anyway i remember speaking to somebody and he said like you need to take time for yourself a day you need to take 10 minutes and i was like oh 10 minutes like okay that sounds doable and he's like in that 10 minutes you can't do anything practical which is hard for my for me. I find I have this to do list. Eminently practical. <laughs> yeah, it, it's not. Yeah, it doesn't have to have any purpose, like um, at all, except to do something that you enjoy. And so, um, I've stuck with it actually. Um, so what are some, what do you do for that 10 minutes or 15? Minutes yeah. Or? So I actually have a lot of hobbies and I'd put a lot of them on hold. Um, uh, after we got married, after we had our first baby, I just got so tired with the first pregnancy. I just didn't have the energy to do things. And, um, and yeah, so when Ansgar, yeah, I was going through that really difficult period. I was just kind of like, oh my gosh, this is my life and I'm having a second one. Like (laughs) I was just sort of feeling like depressed a little bit because it's like, I, I did miss doing those things that I used to enjoy, but I felt like I had to put it all behind me. And that's something that I really connected with Jennifer Fulweiler. She was, she was also thinking the same way. She was just thinking like, okay, I'm a mom now. Okay. Put all that stuff behind me. Forget my previous passions. And so with what I'm doing with this 10 minutes a day and I do continue it. It, it looks a little different now 
because I do find a little bit more time than 10 minutes. Thank God. <laughs> but in any case, um, so what I do is I, I break it up. Uh, so Monday is art day. So I do some kind of art and it could be, okay, designing the Christmas card because I just can't step away from the practicality aspect of it. Sometimes it's just like drawing a picture or drawing a picture with Ansgar. Um, and it's uh, in Tuesdays, Tuesdays and Thursdays. Oh no, just Tuesdays. Uh, just Tuesdays, writing day, Tuesdays and Saturdays, sorry, I should say. Tuesdays and Saturdays, I do writing. Saturday, I try to find a bigger chunk of time to do some writing. Um, Wednesday, read. I like to read. So why not have a day in a week where that's the day if I have some free time? It's like, oh, I've got five minutes. I've got 10 minutes. I've got a little bit of silence. Um, meeting lunch with the boys and I can turn on an audiobook or something or in the evening I can take a hot bath and read a book or something like that so that's Wednesday and then on Thursday is my intellectual day like I was saying uh, I'm really motivated by ideas they really spark a lot of life in me so I read a heavy book for like I try about half an hour um, and it just keeps my uh, my brain fed I call it my expensive brain. <laughs> We're still paying for it. <laughs> anyway, I better use it. Um, and then, uh, yeah, so kind of like it looks a little bit like that. Friday, I just tried to take a little bit more silence. Um, I just find it's important to have a little bit of silence in my day. Um, so uh, that's what I do on Friday. A little bit more time for prayer or meditation. Um, yeah, Sunday is a music day. So I try to pick up my violin. It does. I don't usually get around to doing it, but at the very least, we'll listen to like some classical music or some kind of new band that we've never heard. So yeah, those are little ways that I, I give myself little perks throughout the week, and I, I think it's fun. Like it's it's been a year now since I've been doing that, and I really feel like I've um, been able to follow through on a bunch of writing projects that otherwise I was leaving behind. I read a bunch of books. I did like one drawing. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> not bad for uh, for having two kids and number three on the way. Yeah, yeah, I've got like two kids. They're they're busy, but you know what? Like, I think one thing that Jennifer Fulweiler says is like, you don't have to separate me time with kid time or family time. It's like the sense of family unity. I think is really important. Mm -hmm. It's like bring your family into your passions. And I, I've been thinking about that a little bit. What do you? Yeah, and I, I've been thinking, that was one of the key the points that really struck me um, in reading. Uh, one beautiful dream. Uh, they hit a point in their within the story where Jennifer and her husband, um, Jennifer's at a retreat, and she has a conversation with a priest, and this imagery of uh, a symphony comes up, mm -hmm. and she and her husband realize that they've all been trying to play their own tune separately, right? And they need to, I think, as a family, we're called to be in symphony with each other. That we're each playing our own instrument. Um, but we're all hopefully playing the same song. Which instrument are you playing, Gary? The tuba. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, Tooting away in the back. Yeah, that's exactly it. <laughs> oh, man. Too many beans for lunch. Um, and the, yeah, so this idea of having a, uh, a the, we each have our individual passions, but then how do we bring it together into. Uh, our family so that we're mm -hmm. all participating in it and it's not just okay Gerhard's off doing his own thing and kind of like in order for him to right. do it in a sense he has to leave the family but rather Gerhard's gonna do his thing 
well-being like without having to necessarily like without stepping away from the family and it's something that i think we tried to do a little bit like you brought the boys out to um you brought, brought the boys out to some of my races to get them to participate mm-hmm. i know and got really like every time he goes he gets super excited about all the bicycles and <laughs> and all that um, that uh fun stuff um yeah and so since we've read this book we've it seemed like we've been trying to make more of an effort to support each other we were doing it already before yeah we were doing it before i think just after having read this book re-emphasized the importance of it and then yeah and the other thing is like it got us it got us really thinking and actually i think it engendered the idea of this podcast because um Gare had started up a podcast for his work and he was learning how to do it. And then we were reading this book at the same time. We were thinking like, why not? You know, mm-hmm. like, let's not, let's not worry about the time. Let's not. And we found a way to budget it. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, why not? And so I don't know. We just kind of got excited. I think, I think Gare and I, what would you say, Gare? Like we both read the book and there was something about it that's like that affirmed just um these like little initiatives that you can do as a family like the fact that we're doing this podcast together Mm. um our kids are our inspiration but they're not exactly participating in it (laughs) but yeah like i'm I'm still having trouble like i do see like your your cycling i do see how it contributes in terms of like it like you're more yourself when you cycle you're more relaxed you're more at ease um um, and I can see that like when I do my own mm-hmm. stuff, yeah, like I, I can see that very much as well. So, but what does it mean? Like the whole like symphony idea, like bringing your kids like into it. Like, am I, I don't know if I'm missing a point or I've already seen it. Like I'm, I'm really I, sure. If, yeah. I don't know. Like, I, I think we're just not there yet as a, cause the kids as are a too family, young or? Our, and our oldest is two, two mm-hmm. and, uh, ride our, our next one down is nine months right. and then we have the third bun in the oven so they're not really old enough to do much right I mean, uh, that being said we do invite them into our activities like ansgar um he likes he likes bikes he likes cars he likes trucks mm-hmm. and um we he enjoys coming out to different bike races and the different events mm-hmm <laughs> that's a big yawn yeah um <laughs> but he also like he's we think he probably has very much a melancholic temperament mm-hmm. well, maybe secondary i don't know it's hard to tell yeah right it, now. it's hard to tell he's still young things are like his personality he, he's not, not speaking well he, he's he, he's not really speaking in if trucks were full language sentence. yeah if trucks were language he'd be high, fluent. highly fluent um, but he's not really speaking in sentences it's hard sometimes to get a beat on his personality mm-hmm. um, but like melancholic choleric we're thinking some kind of yeah blend of that um but he's he's very creative and he's very artistic and yeah, even as a two-year-old, we already see, like, I mean, he, like... Um, he loves to draw. Yeah, he loves to draw. And then the other day he was picking up this, like, little car. It's, like, Kia car, and you can kind of manipulate the pieces. And and he had designed his own digger. Like, he wanted a digger, so he made, like, he kind of fabricated it to make it look like a digger. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that was cute. Yeah, and it's, it's fascinating to see these elements. And it's not, it's an opportunity for us to try to 
even at this young age where we're not really sure the their hobbies or their interests mm-hmm. might be like super basic or very low resolution yeah so to speak to to try to nurture it just call forth whatever comes out of it and see where it goes yeah and for sure i think it's cool and like because we have passions we're not afraid like i shouldn't say we're not afraid but like we get excited about seeing passions develop in our kids even at mm-hmm. like two yeah <laughs> or even rider he's like super social we're like that's so cool like mm-hmm. you know let's bring him out to meet more people like yeah hand him off <laughs> hand him off like meet this person meet that person he like totally loves it um so i think like just recognizing within ourselves being at peace with that aspect of ourselves, mm-hmm. i think allows us to see opportunities for other people to to rejoice in what makes them tick yeah and to to create our hope is that eventually this like it we we see that as building it has built and mm-hmm. continues to build a healthy relationship between the two of us when yeah, we give sure. each other the permission and the encouragement to take the me time yeah to go work out of that blue flame so like have we've seen we see the fruits and our hope is that with this as we go um, as the boys as get older and as our family grows bigger, that we can create this celebratory culture where mm-hmm. we're all yeah, like that. working out of our, not working out of, but like being aware of what makes us tick and giving ourselves the permission to live in that or be a part of that and flame and develop it mm-hmm. and to celebrate that in others and to encourage, encourage and call that forth in others. Yeah, it's in, it, that's interesting because that's one of the things that attracted me to you when we were dating. <clears throat> it's just like a comment that you made about your brother and how, I don't know, positive and how encouraging you were of um, how well he was doing and whatever. I can't remember now <laughs> what he was doing, but you're like, oh, that's so cool. Like you were so, I don't know, excited about what your brother was doing. And I thought that was unusual because, I don't know, usually when you go out on a date with a guy, it's like, Listen to me about me, and let me let me tell you about myself. <laughs> me, 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 me. And it was so unusual to hear like, "Oh, you're like you're complimenting your brother." Um, do you want me to date your brother? No, no, <laughs> no. It's not the impression I got, but I, the impression I got was just like, "This is somebody who is." comfortable with himself this is somebody who's confident with himself to the point that he's able to recognize what is great about other people and so I think that's I think that's a good quality and I think it comes from sort of being at peace with what you're doing who you are and where you're at Mm -hmm. and I, I think and this is where it again ties back into this idea of a blue flame and I think a part of it like a part of getting that level not as getting there, but I, th- I think part of it is knowing what your passions are mm-hmm. and pursuing it. I mean, I think one thing that marriage and family has taught myself and us is that, you know, as life gets more intense, mm-hmm. you can't necessarily do as much as you'd want, but then it, it really forces you to focus on what's important, like on the essential things. Yeah. Let's talk about that. What does it mean? Like, so we're talking about, okay, so we've said pretty strongly, like, do it, do your passions. We've mentioned that we have like a little time, like 10 minutes a day <laughs> to do it, like, um, uh, or more, maybe half an hour. Um, <clears throat> but, uh, the question is like, to what extent 
kind of our passions, like how do we know when we've crossed the line? How do we know when we've gone kind of too far and we've let our passions move into the number one spot above our family? Mm-hmm. Good question. Um, I think key for that is having a spouse who can, if you're married, having a spouse who can uh, slap you around and tell you when you're, you've gone too far. Slap you around. <laughs> um, I keep you in check. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think a large part is just being op- having the the comfort and the the yeah the comfort in the relationship to know that okay if i go too far with this my spouse mm-hmm. will reel me back not because they don't want me to do this but actually because it's starting to damage yeah the family or relationship so like the question is is like how how do you stop like how can you play within the line i guess you i guess you could say it's just trial and error but i like i'm just thinking back to um past experience it's like sometimes like i've been noticed like noticing you for example gare um you're getting your bike night three times a week you get it on a saturday you go for a race and it's like wait a second i haven't had any time to do my thing all of a sudden it starts building 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 resentment and then it's just like i hate your bike <laughs> you know like <laughs> and that's happened like maybe once or twice and it's like okay how do we avoid that kind of circumstance how can we make sure um i guess it's like self-awareness maybe I hadn't noticed. I think I, I got to the point where it's just like angry and I was just like, what's going on? Why am I like angry? It's like, Oh, I haven't taken any time. <laughs> the girls who come help me with Ansgar, uh, couldn't come this week. Both of them. It's like, Oh, okay. So I didn't get that, you know, like a little bit of time during the day. The boys aren't napping in the evening. The boys are going a bit late. It's like a lot of things add up and it's kind yeah. of circumstances out of our control. Sometimes like, I think that's the thing with being a parent. It's like, okay, yes, you have a blue flame. Okay. Yes. You need it to kind of feel like yourself. Okay. We've made those conclusions. Um, reality is not always possible. No, it's not. And I think, I know I really struggle with this, but to, be willing to give yourself permission to skip yeah, or to um, just like, Hey, you know, it, it, it's a crazy week. Right. I don't need to do it this week. It's I need to give up my bike workout so that Joss can take yeah. a couple hours and go to the library. Or something. Yeah, for sure. hundred <laughs> percent. Which is what you did. <laughs> yeah, And it's, it's one thing where I think that um, <laughs> this might sound sneaky or selfish or self-serving, but I've really seen this play out in our own marriage where the times where I sacrifice my blue flame time mm-hmm. or my time to work on my passions to allow you to do it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's never gone in vain. You've always come back and afterwards and you re you encourage me and reinforce me to continue and not to, not to stop. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas I, That's I think reassuring. Well, I, I think the track, again, like I, I see this in myself a lot and it's something I struggle with, but it's easy to get caught up in like, oh crap, like I like it's, it's Wednesday mm-hmm. night and I haven't been able to get any workouts in and I should have had done two already this week and right. oh crap, my fitness is going to disappear. And <laughs> all of a sudden you start catastrophizing your head and next thing you know, you're ready to jump off the balcony. No. Uh, it's not, no. <laughs> you probably just break your leg or something. We're not even that high. Yeah, no, we're not that high. <laughs> just be awkward for the neighbor downstairs. Um, 
but in those moments, I, I find there's more benefit in, for myself to sacrifice my own like one workout mm. so that Jocelyn can you can get your um, your time in. Right. It always comes back in my favor later on. Whereas if there's times where I I kind of force the workout to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I feel good. Revenge. But <laughs> I pay for it in little ways later on. I don't mean that I do it meaningfully, but like it's, there's, I think the resentment does build up when you see the one spouse. It's, I think especially for the mother, just because I feel like we, we bear the brunt, uh, like especially if you're a stay-at-home mom like myself. Um, uh, yeah, so I work from the home. And I'm with the boys 80% of the time. Gary's home in the evening and weekends, takes care of the boys in the morning uh, before work. Uh, So it's like the burden of the parenting sometimes feels heavy on me. Like the, like the kind of hands-on parenting where I'd say like the brunt of like the, the exterior, like the external parenting provisions, <laughs> food, <Work. laughs> like, you know, um, that the responsibility of income and things like that rest on gear. And so we have like different burdens. Um, so sometimes we need different kinds of rest, um, gear. Usually you need like a mental break and being on your bike gives you that mental break. Mm-hmm. Just turn my brain, turn my brain off and spin yeah. the legs. And me on the other hand, I need a chance to get out yeah, away it, from the home. <laughs> and, yeah, and, and it sounds bad. I mean, it doesn't sound bad, but like in in a way, You're I very come apologetic home. tonight. <laughs> in, in, in a way, I when I come home from work, it's usually an overstimulation problem. Mm. Work, work, work. Lots of deadlines, lots of pressure. Right. Um, and I come home, and the last thing I want to do is like push my like uh, a workout's different because it's physical, whereas work is primarily intellectual or mental write this budget yeah it's like my brain's just shot whereas for me to get on the bike and smash myself in a hard workout is a lot more enjoyable because yeah. i don't there's gives still, your mind to break it gives my mind to break yeah. whereas for yourself because you're home with the boys and yeah a two-year-old and a nine-year-old are exactly engaging conversation in, no. it's fascinating but it's not intellectual <laughs> truck engaging. truck bulldozer bulldozer scoop the scoop same scoop book over and over and for an over. hour <laughs> i think we've had that book for 12 weeks <laughs> um yeah yeah <laughs> we both feel it yeah <laughs> anyway so the idea is like i think it's like going back to that symphony idea is um it's uh, it's or maybe it's kind of like a dance. You you can't let your partner fall. Like you can't can't be doing all the dancing and let your partner sit out. Like you're mm-hmm. both dancing together and dancing as a family. <laughs> We're all just boogieing. <laughs> <laughs> but the idea is that everybody everybody has the energy. Everybody has the energy of life. And if one person drops out, the whole family loses. And uh, yeah, and loses pretty quickly. I think. Yeah. And and one thing that I've been thinking about is that when when we're single or even when we're dating and before kids, like we have a lot more free time. We can think for myself when I was uh, training for triathlons, ultra marathons. Um, six hours a day. Six yeah, hours. Yeah, like for me it was, and it was no it's problem. Crazy. It's like, great, it's I've, like got nothing, job. I've got nothing else planned on Saturday. I'm going to go out and go for a six hour bike ride or a five hour <laughs> run or like just 
go yeah. do these things and it's like you know go hang with my friends in the afternoon like the time is my own yeah um however in class that's another story <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, no comment um but i think when like once you get once kids start to come along or even when once you're married and your time is not necessarily your own as much as mm-hmm. it is and once kids come along then your time's definitely not yeah. your own it's easy to get discouraged with the thoughts of like oh i won't be able to be as good Mm. as I could have right. could be if I was Absolutely. single and had all the time in the world to in the case my case like train and exercise you definitely saw that when our second son was born it's like your fitness oh, yeah, dropped. totally like, like I, it was visible it was, yeah like not it, visible it, was, like, it wasn't but visible I mean, like, but what like, I mean like on that little meter I'm talking about like oh, the numbers yeah you my could FTP see it objectively. Um, <laughs> but I mean life happens and like I, I wouldn't trade my son for a higher our second son for higher fitness no way in heck right um but i think it's just a matter of rescaling expectations but also recognizing that if i i can still be good at what Mm -hmm. i do um it just means i need to focus more make sure i'm doing higher quality Mm -hmm. um but like i can still do it like I, I can still yeah. be a strong, good cyclist. And do you want to talk about your FTP? Has it increased now? Uh, so it's, it's, what is FTP again? I keep forgetting. Uh, FTP is functional threshold power. Oh, right. So okay. it's an estimate of the maximal power you can produce on a bike for usually it's measured in an hour. Oh, an hour. Um, basically, it's the idea that it, you could push yourself as hard as humanly possible for an hour. And like 59 minutes and 58 seconds, you basically collapse, <laughs> like with nothing left to give. Okay. Um, yeah, it, it started working out again, getting back into a training routine. Um, my FTP definitely feel like I'm getting stronger. But I think within this whole idea of a family and particularly when parent, mm-hmm. like when kids come along, um, there's joy, like you, you can still do what you do right. to a high level. Maybe not as high because you don't have the free time. But mm-hmm. as we get older, we get more experience, right? And we can, yes, we can. We could probably do it to a higher level because we're just smarter about what we're doing, rather than when we're single and have all the time in the world. We, yeah, from a, waste time, waste time, or like using a sports analogy, just do filler workouts that mm. don't necessarily build a particular energy system that you're trying to go for. Um, and I think part of the joy of family and parenting mm-hmm. is it gives us, gives you the opportunity, gives us the opportunity that, um, we can support each other. So it's no longer, I get to revel in my own accomplishments, mm-hmm. but I get to share my accomplishments with my family. Hopefully they celebrate. <laughs> <laughs> we do. We do. <laughs> um, but then it also gives me the opportunities I get to celebrate when, mm-hmm. Yeah, you can celebrate more when other people are celebrating with you. Yeah, kind of celebrate more, idea? and then I I can also celebrate your accomplishments. I can yeah. I can celebrate our kids' accomplishments. So yeah, yeah, for it, sure. It become like there's so much more joy and celebration involved because we're all within the community. We're we're all as a community trying to support each other, and as a community trying to grow. Yeah, I agree. Uh, it it just makes me think of like my own writing and my my projects like. I'm a melancholic. I, and just as a caveat, uh, I just get bogged down by 
details and like, oh my goodness, like what if, and like, no, I'm not good enough. And like perfectionism and like you gear, um, you're sanguine side is just like, just do it, have fun, you know, like, and so that's actually, I've actually done, I don't want to, like, I don't know how to describe, like I've done more, I've done better work since I've met you, even though I've had less time. Mm-hmm. And I've done, like, I've accomplished more, at least personally. Like, I didn't have the nerve to send something out to a literary agent before. But with your encouragement, I did it, you know. And um, with different writing projects, they're like, yeah, do it. And, like, just that encouragement. And then, like, celebrating when it's done. Yeah, definitely gets me to do more and pushes me to do better. Because... In my own mind, I'm fighting against my own, as one prof used to call it, my own internal editor. And sometimes when you, it, it kills the creative process, if you have your internal editor on, attacking, on <laughs> yeah, I would say attacking your work before you can actually get it out there. So, and it's funny because I know your mom says that, um, Irene says that a lot. It's like you have less time, so you just accomplish more in a shorter amount of time. It's like it's incredible. But like, like I mean, even today, like I was like, oh, I'm going to write down a blog. I'm going to write a blog post for a for blog. It's like, okay, I've got half an hour. Okay. Yeah. Half an hour is all you got. Rather than sit and worry about it, just do it. Just do it. Yeah. So I would, I think if I had had more time, let's say I was single, I would have just sat like deliberated. I would have paused after each sentence. I would have let that editor speak more. And I mean, the editor is important, but if the editor, yeah, like when you're in the creative writing process, you just need to write, you need to be in the flow. And so I just wrote. And it's just like, got to get the idea out. And yeah, and then I'll go back and I'll edit, get Gare to read it. Gare reads it. It's like, it's great. What do you think? It was good. It's like, okay. <laughs> Come on, Gare. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> Positivity is my number one star. <laughs> and a few comments. Um, <laughs> it's like, just spend half an hour on it. Now it's like, when I talk about half an hour spending on something, it's like, that's a big deal. Um, anyway, I'm rambling. <laughs> but the idea is that I can accomplish more in a shorter amount of time um, and accomplish things I think that maybe are just as good or maybe even better. Period. Yeah. So um, how would you... So I, I think for anyone who's wondering, like, what's my blue flame? I think it should be hopefully fairly obvious to you. Um, mm. But if you're really uncertain about it and you're married or you have family or f- someone who's really close to you, you just ask them, like, when I do certain activities or is there something that I do that you notice really gives me life, mm. really gives me energy? Yeah, actually, can I can I just interject there? Sure. Because, uh, like, I didn't, I didn't really identify... Like intellectual activity or intellectual discussions is something that really gave me life. But like that's something that you encouraged in me, Gary, because you'd see me come back from like a theological discussion with uh, in a book club, political, political, philosophical, something. Yeah, Yeah, and I'd come back. You're like, wow, like your your face lit up. And and I think it's been a totally learning process these last three years to kind of like to to capitalize on that and just say, okay, like oh, there's no practical reason why I'm doing this other than to feed my blue flame, but I'm going to sit down and I'm going to read this philosophical essay on Aristotle and friendship because it's amusing Mm -hmm. and it gives me a little perk. 
It gives you a little perk and it gives, <laughs> it gives me and the boys a great perk because you're, you're happier, like you're more relaxed, you're more engaged oh, with Aristotle. the world. <laughs> hey, I mean, whatever turns you crank. <laughs> um, but I, just going back, like the blue flame should be, it, it will be an activity, a hobby, a passion, something you do that just gives you life and mm-hmm. energy and mm-hmm. like just makes your face light up. Make your face light up. Because um, you're skipping your step. Mm-hmm. So, how you're a cleric melancholic i'm a sanguine phlegmatic mm-hmm. putting yourselves in boxes now putting yourselves in boxes for <laughs> your entertainment oh <laughs> listeners um how 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 do you how do you motivate a sanguine phlegmatic oh okay if we talk like and specifically how do we, about yeah like how, how do we motivate each other to to live out of our like to do the blue flame thing yeah, I actually just wrote that's the blog post that I wrote today about like working with temperament's sticky spots. Like, so temperament again is um, nature. It's like the way somebody is, and it's not not necessarily the way they've been brought up, but it's just it's a natural tendency. Some people are just naturally lazy, or some people are naturally bossy, or some people are naturally like more fun loving and positive. Some people are more naturally seeing life glass half full. It's not any fault of theirs. It's not. I don't know something coming from outside of them. It's just the way they are. Um, so yeah, in terms of promoting a blue flame for a sanguine, it would definitely be, it would be like, I, I, okay, let me, let me think back to our first year of marriage and you're working a job that you found really stressful. You weren't into sports. Um, again, like, so you took like, so when we got married, before we got married, you were cycling, we were both climbing, uh, mm-hmm. rock climbing, um, after we got married, we were still doing it a little bit, but a little it kind bit of rock like, climbing, a little but. bit of rock climbing. But then when I got pregnant, it's like, no, I couldn't go to the gym anymore. And you were doing a little bit of jogging. I shouldn't call it jogging. What is it? What do you call it? Running. Running. Right. I don't know. It's like, you don't call it biking. It's cycling. Um, anyway, these are things that I've learned. Get your time straight. <laughs> anyway, so... Yeah, you weren't doing any of those things. I could see that you're getting stressed. I knew that you were a sporty person ever since I've known you since forever. You've done sports. Um, and it's like, okay, why isn't he doing sports? That's probably the reason why he's getting stressed out. How do I get him to do his sports? And it's like one day you're just like lying in bed. You're super like down. And it's just like, get up, go, go run, go run around, go around the block. It's like, no. No, no, like I couldn't get, I couldn't get you to do it. And it, no matter, no, like nagging did not work. Um, nope. <laughs> threatening you did not work. Nope. Offering a reward even didn't work. I was like, Gary, this is good for you. Like you like it. It's like, get out there. <laughs> don't want to. <you. laughs> no, I don't want to. Like, it's like so frustrating for me because it's like, I knew that if he just took the first step, if he just got his shoes on and got outside that he'd feel better, but he just like didn't want to do it and I was just like so like at a loss and so then July comes around so it's been a year um, and you mentioned about um, maybe getting back into cycling and like I can't remember what sparked this whole cycling thing again I, I can't remember either yeah because you really just got back into it two years ago and it's been like it's totally taken off but like you mentioned something about like hey we're talking about birthday present you're like it either like some cologne or some new bike stuff get back into cycling 
And I was like, go back into cycling. <laughs> She's like, that's what I was waiting for. Do it. <laughs> and so, yeah, I don't know. Like, I think my conclusion is it's just got to be patient. The phlegmatic side of you, um, you cannot nag a phlegmatic. It just doesn't make them want to do stuff. Even though they seem like a very compliant nature, it's just like it's not motivating motivating for either phlegmatic or sanguine to focus on the negatives. And it's like, you feel bad. Go do it. It'll make you feel better. It's like sanguine's like, uh, <laughs> it's like it's too idealistic. Um, you got to you got to socially motivate them. So and I think it has to come with from within because it came from within gear wanting to get back into cycling. And I think it was just watching a cycling video. I can't remember what it was. I, I can't remember. Either. It's like weird. Like, I don't know. It was God. Um, just coming in care bike, <laughs> get your ass in line and get on the bike. <laughs> um, but anyway, as soon as that came up and I was like, Good, do it. And I knew as a sanguine who's who'd been like right away is like racking up the cost, and that's exactly what happened. I need to buy a new bike. I need to buy this and I need to buy that. And I was just kind of like, grip my teeth, bear it, get through it, because it was totally worth it in the end. Um, yeah, it took a little dent on our budget, but um, you know what? Like there was a time like you wanted to get that really expensive bike, and I was like, that's too expensive. But then you know what? Like then we found a way to finance it yeah. where we did like monthly payments. And that was, you were actually against the idea originally. Mm-hmm. Cause you're like, no, that's against my principle. <laughs> it's like, my family never did this. I can't do this. Um, and I was like, no, Gare, do it. I'm okay with it. And, um, you got your bike. Mm-hmm. And so definitely like, um, yeah, we we paid it off super fast. It's been yeah, I know. Benefit all and, yeah, I guess like the point of is what I'm saying. It's kind of like part of you was saying like, oh, like part of, like a lot of you jumped in right away. I think that's your sanguine personality, and then after like the initial excitement, like kind of drifted, then you're kind of like, oh my gosh, what am I doing? Like, I can't be doing this. I can't. This is too selfish. And like that's something that you mm-hmm. struggled with. I think for a lot of the first time is just like, I'm taking time away. I can't do this. I can't take the time away. Like, cause you're so relationship oriented. So a lot of it was just encouraging you and saying, no, I like, this is good. I, I'm happy for you to do this. Like keep doing it. Like, and so just to show you that our relationship was intact Mm-hmm. because even though you were taking away like a bunch of time away from yeah and you're encouraging me saying like when you do this our relationship gets better because yeah. you're happier and you're nice i'm you're nice <laughs> more pleasant person to be around better to be around <laughs> you feel better about yourself like there was a certain point in that first year of our marriage where you're like you were having like body issues because you're just like you're always been a sporty person and then you're kind of like i don't like the way my body's looking right now and i'm not getting fat i don't want to go on the beach i'm like oh my gosh like just go run around fix the problem but like i can't say that to a phlegmatic or a sanguine because that's not fun Mm -hmm. (laughs) or nice but anyway uh, so yeah so once you were like once you had that idea you like I think the way to go about it with a sanguine phlegmatic combo um, or even just somebody whose dominant personality is sanguine or phlegmatic, like emphasize that you are not harming the relationship by pursuing your passions and don't, I think especially with a phlegmatic, don't suggest a passion for them. You give them time to figure out what that passion might be. <laughs> and then once they figure it out, then Ta-da. encourage them. <laughs> Yeah, and I, I'd say for um, 
to, to encourage and motivate you as a cleric melancholic. Like, mm-hmm. I think you just needed the permission to. Yeah, to actually to take that time. Take the time. Actually, it. I needed it to come up. Like, it's weird because I was doing the same thing like you. Like, that first year was like, I think it was just kind of like we had we had our idea of like what marriage should be. We're like, okay, we'll sacrifice. Everything's going to change. Like, mm-hmm. it's all about the marriage right now. And then it's like all about the baby. And um, you f- start to forget about yourself. And, um, yeah. and uh, yeah, with somebody who's more duty-oriented, choleric, Somebody who's more idealistic, perfectionist, melancholic, who has this like kind of crazy idea of how they should be and forget to be human a little bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think I just needed that like wake up call. It's just like, I'm not happy. And like it needed. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think to motivate you, like the cleric side, you just needed to be challenged. Like just challenged to actually take the time challenge to actually. Right. Yeah. That's a good point. Do the hobbies. Um, and then once the challenge was there and to, to provide the, the more than for the melancholic side to provide the encouragement and the support, it's like, yeah, you, you know, this is great. You're doing really good. Like just the, the, the constant encouragement to keep going, keep doing it. You're doing great mm-hmm. really helped. And then with the two, like the cleric side, once, once that space was given and the ball started rolling, like you just run with it. Mm-hmm. Um, Probably better than I do with my cycling. <laughs> I wouldn't say so. You're pretty consistent. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I would agree. And, and like, it's so. This is like a little bit of another side topic. But like, for people who aren't married, who some for somebody who's single and looking for a partner, I think and I remember you mentioning this when we were dating. It's like one of the big questions is like, what do we have in common? And like, how can we get along? And I remember you mentioning like, I was really hoping to marry somebody who's into like running or something long distance running because you were into ultra marathons at the time. <laughs> uh, I'm not an ultra marathoner. <laughs> I jog. <laughs> Around the block. If that. <laughs> Come on. I used to jog three or four times a week. Jog. Not run. Jog. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so this idea of like having points of common interest um it's got me thinking about it differently just because like gary and i we grew up together uh we've known each other for 20 years now over as 20 kids, years yeah over 20 years now we as kids we were like diametrically different as teens pretty much the same thing as young adults the pretty same much thing. the same thing but then finally, like, right now pretty much the same thing no. <laughs> but the thing that changed is not so much our passions we didn't try to like coalesce and say like oh joss get into cycling well gary's still trying to do that but like my not so secret <laughs> my not so secret secret might eventually happen but like realistically anyway it will <laughs> and me trying to get gary to like draw or something um you did write some poetry at one point. It was very beautiful. Um, <laughs> I was drunk on love. <laughs> Don't say that. <laughs> it wasn't drunk poetry. <laughs> it was coherent. Anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, like the other person can participate in the passions and go watch Garrett a race or whatever and be enthusiastic or something. But we haven't taken up the other person's passions and Garrett hasn't become an artist. Um I haven't become a cyclist. Uh, so what is it like? I think beyond like, Oh, like looking for somebody, if you're single looking for somebody who has the same interests as you quote unquote, I think throw it out the window, like 
it's not so much about having the same interests. It's about being on the same page about having interests. Yeah, being on the same page about having interests <clears throat> and having it, it's more important that the person has the same values and yeah. um, a similar direction yeah in yeah. life the the interests are important and but it i think what's more important is to find someone who will encourage you in your interests and yeah. support you in your interests yeah somebody who like i guess i look back at that moment where in that day is like when i realized like oh yeah that's what i want i want when i and heard you talk about your brother in that way i was like i want somebody who does that for me i want somebody who can celebrate my achievements without feeling badly that they haven't accomplished the same thing mm-hmm. or done it better mm-hmm. so somebody who's at peace with themselves who has a life outside of work i think somebody who is willing to celebrate you as a person i think that's a better characteristic than having interests in common which is like doesn't necessarily mean anything Mm -hmm. a good place to start a friendship but does not necessarily guarantee that it's a relationship that will go the distance yeah that's that's true i shouldn't exaggerate it doesn't mean a thing (laughs) burn it to the ground burn it because I've definitely seen like couples who have common interests. I, I mean, like I think of my parents, like they love working on projects together. Right now they're fixing up a boat together. And it's like, they do, they were before that they were fixing up their house. And before that, I don't know, they're fixing up a child. I don't know. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> fix it, fix it. Um, you know, the, the yard does the garden. Like there's like, they kind of work in parallel with each other. Like they don't do the same thing. Like if on the boat, for example, I don't know, my mom cleans the curtains and my dad refinishes the wood so even within that it's not like they're doing the same thing but Mm -hmm. they're working on it together and they enjoy that and it helps their marriage thrive yeah and i think the the key point all this is that at the end of the day within a marriage within a family we all need to work on it together yeah each in our own way each doing something probably very different than the other person right but as long as we're working on it together and we're working in the same direction. The rest is details. Yeah, for sure. And as a sanguine, the details are unimportant. We <laughs> as we go. The rest are details. <laughs> details. Ha. <laughs> I don't have any come back. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for joining us today for this episode on the Blue Flame. I hope uh, you have been inspired to get back to those projects that maybe you left behind a few years ago. Yeah, and if you have any comments or questions for us, you can reach us at gandjshow.com. If you've enjoyed our podcast, please rate and review us on the podcast app you're using to listen to us right now. This will help us to reach new audiences. Once again, I'm Gerhard. And I'm Jocelyn, and you're listening to The G&J Show. Until next time, keep smiling. Keep smiling.